This talk was recorded at the 2019 Actuarial Society of South Africa Convention at the Sandton Convention Centre. For more information on the Actuarial Society, visit actuarialsociety.org.za. Good morning, everyone, once again. In case you missed my introduction yesterday, my name is Garabo Murule, and I'm the MC for the plenary sessions. So you will remember that yesterday I announced that somebody had lost their APSA card. I'm, I'm really grateful that they actually did find it. And I'm sure this poor person, it must have been, I, I know it's close to, to Halloween, but I know it, it must have been a real nightmare on Maud Street for them to be lost with their APSA card. In particular because the owner's name is Freddy Krueger. I kid you not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you must have seen I did a double take when you said who he was. <laughs> Uh, and I really loved um, George Varekos's, um post from the party yesterday. It looked like it was a lot of fun, a really great vibe, and uh, real big congratulations to the two winners um, for the Best Dressed Awards for the Afro-Chic theme. And they were Andy Koza and Elmarie Fanzel Kotza. So congratulations to both of you. Give them a round of applause. Um, hopefully you can post some pictures of your, your outfits for the people who didn't make it last night. So the focus of this session is the presidential address, and it uh, will also include a short presentation um, for CAA Global, prizes for research and the Society Awards, and also the Green Exhibitor Award. So first up is Ben Kemp, who will say a few words on behalf of the CAA Global, which manages the Certified Actuarial Analyst Qualification, and thereafter Mike McDougall and Peter Withy will hand out the awards. Many thanks indeed, and thank you to ASA, firstly, for uh, another absolutely wonderful convention uh, and for allowing me just a few moments uh, of your time to talk about an initiative that we're really excited about. Um, I'm from, my name's Ben Kemp, I'm from the IFOA in, uh, in the UK, uh, but for present purposes I'm also a board member of uh, an organisation called CAA Global, um, Certified Actuarial Analyst, uh, a qualification um, a technical uh, analytical qualification that we launched uh, two or three years ago. And I'd like just to tell you, um, just for a few moments, a little bit about that organization and what we're trying to achieve, if I may. Uh, and then we have a, a short presentation, uh, because delighted to say that ASA uh, has uh, become involved in, in this uh, exciting initiative. Okay, now I think I have some slides. I do, wonderful. Um, if I can work this. Okay, um, so... The Certified Actuarial Analyst is, as you will see from this, uh, intended for, uh, as a para-actuary qualification to, to sit alongside the actuarial pathway, to sit alongside the actuarial qualification. Um, for those doing, um, operating in the financial services sector as professionals doing technical analytical roles, they may well be operating alongside actuaries, supporting actuaries. Um, and it's to credentialize these people who may well have been performing these sorts of roles for many years um, to give them recognition, professional status and standing um, and to benefit, we think, employers as well. Um, the, the organization, CAA Global, is, uh, is a joint venture between the uh, Institute Faculty of Actuaries and the Society of Actuaries um, in, the, uh, in the US. Um, we set it up in 2016. It's actually... Um, uh, appropriate that I'm here talking about this today because this was uh, the uh, initiative was publicly launched in Cape Town in 2016 at the uh, IAA International Actuarial Association meetings that were held at that time. Um, and these, this is our, our mission as a, as a board, as a, as a joint venture company, to build the CAA global brand. We think this, the CAA has a uh, global relevance uh, in, in different regions of the world, including here on the, uh, in, on the African continent. Um, and, sorry, go back. I don't know if I can go back. Yeah, and the, the last bullet point there, to accredit um, other associations, to recognize other associations who uh, would like to be involved in this initiative, to try to give it real uh, currency and momentum globally um, so that it becomes a, a universally recognized thing. 
Um, quick word on what it involves. It's a much shorter, as you might expect, uh, sort of travel time to qualification as a certified actual analyst, typically two to three years. And we've almost been, just about been running for that time now. So we are seeing the first uh, qualified CAAs emerging, which is really exciting. Um, uh, it's uh, six exams, including a, 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 an entrance exam, uh, plus some work experience requirement. Um, uh, in addition to uh, a professionalism requirement, uh, following which you're expected to join a professional association, an actuarial association. Um, and at the moment, those associations are obviously the IFOA, the SOA, and now, delighted to say, also ASA um, has uh, become involved as a, a formal partner uh, in, in, the, in the initiative. And uh, uh, we anticipate as a, as a home for certified actuarial analysts here in South Africa and potentially beyond. Um, just to give you a sense of the, our, our sort of demographics so far, um, we, are, we are now seeing qualified people uh, emerging rapidly. Um, we have had, uh, in the last year, almost a thousand exam registrations at venues around the world, people sitting our exams. Um, over the last three years, we've had almost two and a half thousand exam registrations. We have many more, uh, many thousands more registered and have expressed interest in this initiative. We're really excited about it. We think it has great, great potential. And in terms of demographics, perhaps the interesting one for this audience is the fact that 30% of our interest uh, and registra exam registrations so far have come from people on the African continent. Um, so hopefully uh, that demonstrates the uh, traction that it is gaining here. And indeed, we had a reception just last evening with a number of people, who, some of whom were, um, and no doubt may well be in this room, who are sitting the exams uh, and, and making, delighted to say, great progress in doing so. Um, those are the sorts of benefits to individuals that we anticipate. I'll let you quickly uh, look at those. Um, in terms of the uh, global passport, the recognition, the credentialization. And also, we believe there are benefits for employers. So those of you who are perhaps sitting in an employer capacity, we hope you might be interested in, in looking at this as, uh, as a, an appropriate uh, beneficial complement to those who work in, in, in this field, the, the broader actuarial community and analysts being part of that. Um, and we have some nice quotations. This is just a snapshot of some of uh, what employers, organizations think of the, uh, of the credential, including from the World Bank and others. I won't read those out to you. Um, you can see them here and indeed online, and there's many more online on the, on the CA Global uh, website. Uh, including also uh, quotations from individuals, and we're updating that all the time. Thank you very much for, for listening to me. I hope that that's of uh, some interest. Uh, thank you for your patience. And without further ado, um, and delighted to say that, C that uh, ASA has uh, formally become a partner in, this, uh, in the CA Global Initiative and will be um, recognizing and uh, accepting as members certified actual analysts. And we have a certificate to present to Peter um, in recognition of that. So delighted and uh, congratulations. Good morning. We now enter the time when we hand over the various awards from the Society for the Year. And just as a note to all the, the winners of the various awards, what they might be to ask that um, they come up at the end of the plenary session so that um, the photographer can then capture their photographs at the end of the session as opposed to during the session as we go. First to the Green Exhibitor Award. The Actuarial Society's Green Exhibitor Award was initiated in 2014 to encourage exhibitors to consider sustainability in their, strategy, in their stand strategy and design. The winner receives a trophy as well as a complimentary exhibition stand at next year's convention. Since 2014, the competition has become increasingly competitive and the title is coveted. This year, we have three honorable mentions 
Go to Swiss Re, who eliminated the need for printed brochures through their use of QR codes and access to their marketing materials. To Liberty, who have supported local business and promoted healthy living with Blend Vendor, their smoothie offering. And to Old Mutual for incorporating the incorporation of a living war in their stand, with the plants being donated after the convention, seen for the first time at an exhibition by any of our judges here. But our 2019 winner has clearly taken sustainability brief to heart. They have built on their early successes and have risen to new heights this year. Our winner have been a consistent exhibitor at the convention since 2011. They are familiar faces on the exhibition floor and regularly give away some of the most coveted and useful stationery. <laughs> Their focus this year was on environmentally friendly giveaways, including seed paper and seed pots and honey jars, and they reduced the need to source new products by using bags and pens from last year. <laughs> Winners in 2016 and 2018, this exhibitor shows innovative thinking and is clearly committed to sustainability. Congratulations to our 2019 Green Exhibitor, SA3. take the opportunity to visit the SA3 stand in the exhibition hall today. And just like to thank our judging panel for the Green Exhibitor Award, Joe Kutsia from the Actuarial Society, Tahira Jones from the Convention Centre, Justin Hawes from the Event Greening Forum, and Renee Lucan from African Agenda, the conference organisers. We now move to our top academic achievers, and the award for the year's top academic achievers were instituted in 2010 as part of the South African Actuarial Qualification System. The awards are made in respect of each of the specialist application subjects, provided there is a candidate who has performed sufficiently well. Please could the winners make their way to the stage when I call your name. I would ask that you hold your applause until the end of the announcement when I have announced all five names and the awards are handed over by Peter. For F202 Life Insurance, Vakil Muham Maka from Old Mutual. For General Insurance, Nelda Breitenbach from APSA. For Pensions and Other Benefits, Mampel Lesanyane from the Matlatla Group. For Finance and Investments, Yusuf Mohammed from Discovery. And for Banking, Richard Hector from the Vitality Group. us to the research prizes. The, res the research committee is responsible for awarding various research prizes offered by the Actuarial Society. Eight convention papers were considered for the convention research prizes. I'd like to ask representatives of the sponsors for the prizes, Dimitri Lagrange from Swiss Re and Chad Esterhazer from RGA to come up to hand over the prizes. of both the Swiss Re Prize for the best risk reinsurance paper 
in 2019 and the RGA Prize for the Best Convention Paper in 2019 goes to Ronald Richmond, Nikolai Van Rommel and Mario Woodridge for their paper, Believing in the Bots, Model Risk in the Era of Deep Learning. RGA Prize for the best first-time authors in 2019 go to Lynn Malloy and Linda Ronnie for their paper, Sustaining the Life Insurance Industry in the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Joe Lachutler will accept the prize on their behalf. RGA Prize for the Best Published Research in 2018, as well as the Discovery Prize for the Best Honours Project at an accredited South African University Actuarial Program 2018, will be announced during November. Thank you. It's now my pleasure to present the President's Award. The President's Award was first made in 1992. The initial focus of the award was encouraging members, and in particular young members, to produce papers for discussion at meetings of the society. With the introduction of the prizes for papers at convention, the focus of the award has moved to recognizing excellent service to the profession and the work of members that have assisted in furthering the cause of the profession. The award is made entirely at the President's discretion. In considering this award, I have looked to make the award in the light of selfless contribution to the profession's strategic objectives. Last year, I chose to make an award in recognition of a contribution to transformation in the profession. This year, I have chosen to consider the area of public interest. At the start of 2018, Council added public interest and public service to the strategic objectives of the society. We believe that the actuarial skill set can add value in the public sector. In general, the actuarial profession, however, is perceived as being, as being in service of high-end consumers and all the financial services industry. Involvement in public impact and social reform matters allows actuaries to contribute to positive change in South Africa in a real and measurable manner. The recipient of the President's Award for 2019 has in recent years done much to raise the profile of the profession in the public interest space. He has served as a trustee on the Actuarial Society Education Trust, which represents one of the society's public interest initiatives in education through the support of paper video. However, his involvement in public interest issues has been most notable through his pro bono involvement and advice in the life Esidemeni arbitration matter. While he humbly acknowledges that the arbitrator, in reaching his conclusion, did not specifically rely on his actuarial calculations, the outcome was close to that calculated, suggesting that it may well have been a factor in the arbitrator's decision. I now call on Greg Whittaker to come forward and accept the 2019 President's Award.
Can I have my address up on the screen now? Oh, sorry, there's one thing I have to do first, which is to announce the new council. <laughs> so the council in 2019, you have the names there. The names in red are those that are standing down at the end of this year, being myself, Gili Matir, Kenosi, Koleka, and Fatouani. And I'd like to thank this council for their support over the year and uh, wish the new council well. And as we move into 2020, whoopsie, what did I do there? Can I have that back, please? There we go. The council for next year is there. You will notice that we had an election of six candidates, the green people in, uh, in, in uh, six fellow candidates, the green names, there are the new ones coming on. Sandy Govender, Andrew LaRue, Kwanda representing the student representative and Memory representing Saba. So congratulations to the new council members and good luck for 2019. I would also like to, at this stage, the role of president-elect, there was no contestation, and I'd like to call on Chart Esterhazer as the new president-elect to come to the stage and sit at the head table for the rest of this session. Congratulations, Chart. <laughs> Colleagues and guests, now that we have dealt with the formalities of prizes and awards, I get the opportunity to deliver my farewell presidential address. This one will be short, as the focus today must be on the future and not the past. Indeed, today is Lusani's time and not mine. And I would like to welcome Lusani's parents to this session today as well. Nonetheless, please indulge me as I look back briefly. Two years ago, I came up with a picture that has served me well to keep in mind what we need to do as a profession. Today is probably the last time you will have me present it to you. You will recall I chose as the theme of my presidency relevance, being relevance to our members, relevance to the international actuarial community, and to our society. And I represented this as the three legs of a poikipot. In 2017, my inaugural address focused on these three themes. And I believe that we have made progress on them over the last two years. So for these, I think we can give ourselves a passing grade. <laughs> However, Relevance remains an elusive target. And like the will of the wisps in the movie Brave, as you reach one goal, it moves on ahead of you. So to stay relevant, we must keep on changing. In 2018, being a midterm progress report, my address focused on how we were progressing on the strategic objectives that provide the fire in the picture. Once again, I believe that we have made progress on them. We continue to have a world-class education system. And I believe that we have continued to make progress on transformation. But we do still have way to go. I look forward to the day when our demographics more accurately reflect our society, and that every member of our society feels welcomed, appreciated, and inspired to succeed and contribute. More recently, the area we have made progress in is in the area of public interest. Thanks to some of the work, the work of some of our members, we are becoming more visible in the space. But there is a great deal more that we can do as a profession to impact our nation for good. Research, though, remains an ongoing challenge. It's not that research is not happening but much of it is proprietary in nature and has not moved out into the public domain. To those of you involved in activities of research, I encourage you 
to present what you have so that the benefit of the profession as a whole can benefit. So once again, overall on this strategic objective, I think we once again can give ourselves a passing grade. As I now close my presidency, I would like to focus on the professional promise itself. What is inside the Puiki? Our professional code of conduct defines our professional promise as, whole, as follows. Members are expected to render quality services through, to their clients through the application of specialist and up-to-date actuarial knowledge and expertise. The demonstration of ethical behavior especially in doing actuarial work, and the members' accountability to the Society for Professional Oversight. Let me consider a few of the words in this definition. Quality services. The status of a brand is very closely linked to the quality of the product or service that it provides. I have no doubt that we all have stories of good and poor quality and how these define the perception that we have of the entity concerned. What is often clear is that in high-quality organizations, there is a commitment to quality throughout the organization. In the case of our profession, the commitment to quality needs to embrace by, be embraced by all of us for our professional status to be maintained. Specialist and up-to-date knowledge. In many cases, the role of the actuary can be quite narrow. And as such, our clients, whether internal or external to our organization, can expect us to have a deep knowledge of that area. And in all cases, we need to make sure that we are up to date. CPD needs to be a passionate commitment from all of us. We cannot rely on yesterday's solutions for today's challenges. And so too, today's solutions will not be suitable for tomorrow's challenges. Ethical behavior. This quality must be the bedrock of our profession. In council, we have identified an ethical failure as a material threat to the profession. So professionalism must be something that we are all passionate about. I personally have seen firsthand the damage that a professional failure can do to an organization and to a profession. And the last thing I would want to see is that happening to ASA. This becomes particularly important as we move into wider fields if we want to stand out there. For example, in data science, we claim our differentiator is our ethics and our professionalism. But in order to demonstrate this, we need to ask ourselves questions like, do we have the right to use this data, even if it is easy to find? Or am I acting professionally or possibly harming the rights of another by using this data or disseminating it? The problem with ethical dilemmas, though, is that while they are easy to see in a case study, in real life we can easily miss them. So we must be constantly vigilant and aware. And the best way for us to achieve this is to be constantly talking about these issues and situations and keeping one another accountable so that we do not become complacent and miss the one that sneaks up on us. So as I close my presidency, my plea to each one of you, or each one of us rather, is to be vigilant, let me try that again, vigilant, and mindful of the damage a professional failure can do to ASA, and to do all that we can to ensure that we are not the source of one. In closing, I have looked back at my words at the start of my presidency, and I mentioned at that time I was filled with a myriad of emotions. Honor at what you have afforded me, <coughs> apprehension at the challenges that lay ahead, confidence in the people of this profession who would be able to deal with them, and thankfulness that I did not have to do it alone. And these have been fulfilled. But as I finish up now, I am again filled with many emotions, but most notably, a deep sense of gratitude. First of all, to you, the members of the profession, 
for trusting me in this role and supporting me in it. To the members of council who have served with me and guided our profession over these two years and made my role easy. To the staff of the ASA office who keep the wheels turning so that the volunteers can get the work done. To every one of you that serves the profession as a volunteer, without you the profession could not achieve what it does achieve. To my employer for giving me the time to do this job. And to my team over the years who have picked up the slack, but more importantly, have been a great encouragement to me as I have gone about this role. You all know who you are. I thank you. To my family, and especially to my wife, who I have the pleasure of having here with me today, who have lived with my distractions on ASA business, and from the many nights away from home over these last two years, thank you for your love, your encouragement, and your support. I love you deeply. And lastly, as a man of faith, I want to acknowledge my God, who has given me peace, strength, and wisdom over these years. And now I step down as your president and pass the baton and this chain of office onto Lusani, who I am convinced will be an excellent president and who I anticipate will continue to grow and develop the profession as we deliver our professional promise and a service to our clients and the wider public. Thank you. In course, Salala Gashle. Peter, we won't let you go empty-handed. Uh, we'll give you a little something. Um, it's the, for past presidents. So I have the privilege of giving this to you. I'd like to thank all the sponsors for making this possible. And you know who you are. Let's clap hands once, one more time for the sponsors. As for the conference organizers, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to Oliver Mtuguzi. Thank you for the music that you've been playing in the background. Um, well done. Let's clap hands for them. Uh, my parents are here all the way from Limpopo. Uh, my wife is not here, and I blame SAA Technical for that. <laughs> no, um, there's a lot of responsibilities at home. I will not blame SAA Technical for that. Although I could. I think you almost believed me on that one. <laughs> Members of the Actuarial Society of South Africa, our guests from other actuarial associations um, around the globe, uh, delegates from uh, different government departments and uh, partner organizations, uh, members of the media, and all other delegates with us here today, uh, greetings. It is indeed an honor for me to stand before you today to deliver this inaugural speech as the president of the Actual Society of South Africa, and I'll be serving in that position for the next two years. I am thankful to all the past presidents that I served with on council since uh, 2010. Uh, Peter Doyle, Temba Gamedze, Peter Temple, 
Roseanne uh, Murphy-Harris, I almost uh, said something else, but uh, I got it right. And finally, Peter Wiebe. And I, it doesn't take an actuary to figure out what the next president should be, but uh, Chart, you've been a, a party pooper on that one. You should have been Peter Esterhazen. <laughs> but you are Chart, so that was a mistake that happened a long time ago. I feel confident because I watched you carry out your duties and learned a lot from you. Uh, Peter uh, summed up the significant developments during his term and has reminded us of what it is that is expected from us as professionals. Uh, we are building on the foundation that was laid during his term and by the previous presidents. We're not starting from scratch. The Council of the Actuarial Society reflected on the strategic focus areas of the society over the, of the, over the past few years, and after several engagements, workshops, agreed on the following four strategic um, areas or focus points for the next five years. Number one, to attract and retain the best talent to ASA from a wider pool of potential members, connect with the student community, enhance that engagement, position ASA as a global leader in context-based solutions, and continue to maintain high standards of actuarial practice. Professions are not a constant. They keep on evolving, and this is happening at an accelerated pace currently, and more so in future. A father-son team of Richard Susskind and Daniel co-authored a book first published in 2015 that predicts the decline of today's professions and describes the people and systems that will replace them. In this book, titled The Future of Professions, How Technology Will Transform the Work of Human Experts, the authors make a strong case for professions to carefully consider their role in society in the face of technologically-led changes. The authors make a claim that we are on the brink of a period of fundamental and irreversible change in the way that the expertise of these specialists, doctors, lawyers, teachers, accountants, tax advisors, management consultants, architects, journalists, and the clergy amongst others, and you may just as well include actuaries in that, how that is made available in society. Technology will be the main driver of this change, and in the long run, we will neither need nor want professionals to work in the way that they did in the 20th century, century and before. They give numerous examples to demonstrate some of the changes already happening. Number one, and I've just listed a few um, on the screen uh, for you so that you can remember, but I will uh, read out a bit more. More people have signed up for Harvard's online courses in a single year, for example, than have attended the actual university in its 377 years of existence. There are a greater number of unique visits each month to the WEBMD WebMD network, which is a collection of health websites than to all the doctors working in the United States. In the legal world, three times as many disagreements each year amongst eBay traders are resolved using online dispute uh, resolution mechanisms than there are lawsuits filed in the entire US court system. On its sixth birthday, the Huffington Post had more unique monthly visitors than the website of the New York Times, which is almost 164 years of age. The British tax authorities use a fraud detection system that holds more data than the British Library, which has copies of every book ever published in the UK. At WikiHouse, an online community designed a house that could be printed and assembled for less than £50,000, and this was built successfully in 2014. The architectural firm uh, Gramazio and uh, Kochler used a group of autonomous flying robots to assemble a structure out of 1,500 bricks. Uh, 
And last but not least, the Pope has 19.3 or had 19.3 million followers on Twitter. The Dalai Lama had a modest 10.4 million. So even the way that uh, religion is done has changed a lot. The main question we should ask ourselves is, given that these changes are happening, how are they likely to affect the actuarial profession? And what must we do to prepare ourselves for that? We need to consider the challenges that we're facing in a number of ways, and I will mention four of them. Technology. How actuarial work is done, by robots or by humans? Will robots do most of our work in the future? And what will the implications thereof be? Um, in the first day of the, uh, of, the, of the convention, we did listen to a talk along these lines. Trust. How much of our work is based on the trust that clients have in our technical abilities and judgment? Will we continue to enjoy this trust in the future? And how do we ensure we do that? Competing professions. Are there any professions that can do what we do cheaply? Business models. We are aware and we know and most of us have worked for big insurance companies or consulting companies. Are there other ways for us to organize our labor, provide our services? These are some of the questions that we need to wrestle with going forward. And I know that many of us have been doing that. South African actuaries are known for innovation and hence we have seen several new innovative uh, business concepts coming up not only recently, but uh, um, also in the, in the last decade or so. And this makes me hopeful that as the actuarial society, we will be as innovative in our approach to training and continuous professional development. And I'm happy to, to say that we have been doing that with our continuous professional development program, the outcomes-based CPD pro program, which many outside of our profession um, applaud. We should continue thinking along those lines. Our ability to respond to these challenges will influence whether we'll be able to continue to attract the best students into our profession and whether we'll be able to retain them. So I don't want uh, the numbers that we see here in front of me to go down during my term uh, or in the next five years. We, we, I said to Ben that uh, in, in the next five years we'll be holding our conventions at the FNB Stadium. Then we will have our breakaway sessions at Orlando Stadium. <laughs> the demographics of the actuarial society are changing, albeit at a, a slower rate than desired. South Africa is unfortunately a very racialized country, and many of our conversations reflect this reality. Race-based policies ensured over a long period of time that there was deliberate underinvestment in the development of some races and deliberate overinvestment in the development of uh, one race. The consequences of these policies will take long to fix, but longer if insufficient effort is made now. Uncomfortable as, uh, as these issues are, conversations around race, privilege, bias, and toxicity, I thought I wouldn't get that right, I think I got it right, should continue. You do have the profile split. You see how um, we look at the moment. We should continue to shine the light on the dark spots until we read of every trace of them. As the Actuarial Society, we have made a public stand against gender-based violence. We encourage all men in our profession to educate themselves around these issues and to work extra hard to ensure that the women in our profession, and even better, in our communities feel safe around us and valued. However, I would like to add um, another dimension to the changing demographics of the profession. The generational changes taking place within the profession, many of the baby boomers, as, as it were, uh, have retired and many will be retiring over the next 10 years. Can I get a show of hand who would consider themselves as a baby boomer? You're already becoming a rare species, yeah, I see. 
but thank you for the work that you've done. It is on your shoulders that we stand. Let's clap hands for the baby boomers. When, when we dishonor one another, that's when we break apart, that's where progress uh, will not happen. So we honor the work that you've done. We have a responsibility to take things forward. The Gen Xs will continue to have a strong influence in the profession, but increasingly the millennials will have a bigger say. Can I see the Gen Xs? Yeah, you're still there, ne? <laughs> you're still rocking. <laughs> and the millennials, are you already in the majority? Can I see the millennials in the house? Ah. Ah, you are already ruling. Fantastic. We're saying you'll have a bigger say, or must I say you are having a bigger say? Fantastic. But the Gen Zs are also qualifying, and they're making up a significant proportion of our student membership. Do I have any Gen Zs here? Or oh, they're still in their cradles? They're not here yet. Uh, okay. So those of you who were causing fees must fall are actually millennials. Oh, we thought, I thought you were Gen Z, so I will have to correct my speech, but it's too late. But let me continue. <laughs> I said, we, I had said, and I'll have to correct, uh, uh, some, we witnessed how the Gen Zs championed the fees uh, must fall, but I think I should say the millennials. The millennials is quite a wide generation. You've got the grandpa millennials like me, and, and you've got the younger ones like the, some of you that I've been qualifying. We can expect that our student members, and I think a lot of the Gen Zs will be in our student membership. We can expect that um, they, will, they will not just accept what we tell them, and hence the need to engage with them more diligently. There is a certain kind of posture and, and attitude from the leaders of the actuarial society, including myself, that will no longer be acceptable going forward and the sooner we accept that, the better. The, the Gen Zs are, are more questioning of, of authority. So we need to understand that and engage with them better. Especially after Mukweng said, you're not allowed to beat your children and so on. So you know, the way we do things has to be different. As a data profession, we have been very poor at analyzing our own membership data to properly understand the changing face of our profession and we are going to need to improve on that. There's a lot more mining we need to do of our own data. For example, we don't easily distinguish between South African and non-South Africans in some of our statistics. And that's been an outcry for a number of years. But I'm positive when we speak next year that will be different. The way professions look and how they share their expertise is changing, but the complexity of problems around the world is also is increasing. Professionals that can work in multidisciplinary teams to solve complex problems are likely to be in higher demand. Actuaries have in the past successfully dominated areas of work such as the valuation of insurance companies and pension liabilities. Recent regulatory changes in insurance uh, internationally and locally have entrenched, in my view, the role of actuaries, which is good. The introduction of the Chartered Enterprise Risk Actuary uh, qualification was a recognition that actuaries can add value more broadly and beyond insurance companies. But one gets a sense that actuaries have not ventured out that much. But there are some encouraging signs, such as the venturing into banking here in South Africa, um, actuaries uh, increasingly involved in making sense and, and analyzing uh, big data, and actuaries involved in social investment uh, public policy in New Zealand. So there's a lot that we can learn from the New, Zealand, New Zealanders as uh, uh, our president, our former president, Peter Withy mentioned yesterday. The Council of the Actuarial Society of South Africa has embraced an, an ambitious goal for the Actuarial Society of South Africa to become a global leader in context-based solutions. By this, we mean that we acknowledge that actuaries have done good work in traditional spaces of actuarial involvement, enabling decision makers to make optimal decisions based on insights 
uh, or likely uh, future outcomes. We firmly believe that uh, this skill set can be applied more broadly, but for this to be done professionally, there is a need for actuaries to understand the new contexts that they enter. This requires a great deal of humility and a recognition that we will need to work with other experts to help us to understand every new context that we encounter. This is not a new concept. We have always known that part of the actuarial control cycle is the consideration of the general economic um, environment and professionalism issues, which would include not undertaking work that one does not sufficiently understand or uh, neither is competent in. What we are committing ourselves to do is to take more deliberate actions to spare our members to research and understand new contexts wherein our skill set can be applied. We would like to see the knowledge gained to be made publicly available to accelerate the harvesting of such knowledge and understanding amongst our members. Given the fast pace of change that I've described earlier, this new focus is, in my opinion, essential for the survival of the profession in the long term. We accept that this is a stretch target, and we think that stretching is exactly what the profession requires at this stage. This strategic goal recognizes that the evolving actuarial skill set needs to be applied to evolving contexts for the actuarial profession to remain relevant. Bringing this closer to home, I believe that there is a window of opportunity in South Africa that requires all hands on deck. There comes a time in the life of any country or any individual in which a window of opportunity opens up. This is an opportunity to accelerate, to gain quickly and to restore a position that may have been lost. What makes me, what makes me think that we are in such a window of uh, opportunity? So the main thing is that we have a, a government that has demonstrated their willingness to work collaboratively with civil society professional organizations such as ourselves. The government has spelled out their key goals for the next 10 years. We have an opportunity to work with them to achieve these goals and work with other stakeholders. Our unique skill set as actuaries can help to unlock potential by assisting decision makers to make the most optimal decisions in the public interest. I am basically saying that we need to take full advantage of the current administration's willingness to collaborate and ride this wave in a way that will benefit the country and enhance our standing in society and globally. Our context as a country is well known. High levels of inequality, a high rate of unemployment, high levels of poverty, slow economic growth, poor education outcomes, and low levels of social cohesion. It would be wrong to focus only on the negative aspects of our context we do have positives. We are a mineral-rich country, strong financial services industry, world-class tourist attractions, strong democratic system, and some very clever actuaries. If Singapore managed to transform from an island swamp to a modern and high-income country by understanding and managing their own context, we should be able to do the same. Granted. Their context was different. The point I'm making is that we need to understand and deal with our own context. And in so doing, can lead to us being able to enable decision makers to identify possible ways to accomplish our goals as a country. The public interest focus is an important area in which context-based solutions are desperately needed. The public interest actually, uh, who I've met recently, has been working on this for the past nine months, and although some progress has been made, there remains much to be done. The South African government recently introduced the NHI bill in parliament, and what is clear is that for that project to have any chance of success for the benefit of, uh, of, of the majority of our population, a lot of technical support will be required, amongst other things. 
Our role as the Actuarial Society of South Africa is not a political role, but a technical support and educational role. Our public interest ethos, as well as our strategic goal to be a global leader in context-based solutions, enjoins us to be involved in the deliberations and the implementation process of the NHI. More ambitious public interest projects in education and job creation are still at design stage. The President of South Africa, Mr. Cyril Matamera Ramaphosa, mentioned in his most recent State of the Nation address that one of the five key goals of his administration is to ensure that every 10-year-old in South Africa can read and understand what they're reading. At this stage, we are exploring what value the actuarial profession can add in the teaching of mathematics in basic education in South Africa. The president also mentioned in his speech that the country will need to generate two million jobs over the next 10 years. The, question that, or the questions that arise are which sectors will be able to contribute towards this figure? How have the different sectors performed over the past few years? What needs to be done for identified sectors to produce the required number of jobs? And what is the likely impact of the fourth industrial revolution? And some would say the fifth industrial revolution. These are not questions that we can, ask, we can answer by ourselves. These are things, uh, questions that can be answered in collaboration with other experts. My conviction or my confidence is that we can add value in such discussions. Very many people out there are scared of numbers. And I know that you in front of me are not scared of numbers. You're not intimidated. The journey has, has, has just started. And it is encouraging that already there are lessons learned that will assist us going forward, such as doing meaningful research work with other experts and creating platforms for sharing lessons with key people, forging partnerships with other organizations that have a similar focus, developing relationships not only with current government officials but also retired government officials who can be extremely useful as some tend to keep up with developments in their former departments and know how to approach, um, uh, 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 how to, to approach things and, and what to do. And by way of example, I had an engagement with uh, uh, Professor Metcalf, and, and, and I found that very extremely useful as she can uh, uh, explain to you how government works in a very practical way. I would like to encourage and challenge our members to do research work especially within the public interest, but also in other areas. Research funds have not been fully utilized over the past decade that I've been involved in the society, and this ought to change. We should be struggling to have enough funds to, 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 grant, to, to give to you to do research. For us to become a global leader in context-based solutions, we will need to, number one, significantly increase our research output on relevant topics. Number two, significantly increase our engagements with experts in different fields and create fora in which we can do that. Present our research and participate in a wide variety of relevant conferences, seminars, and workshops. And last but not least, and this, uh, uh, the public interest actually told me that his experience in that space was that we are not as willing as a profession to engage in the media on, on relevant topics, even those that we're very comfortable with. So number four, to be available and willing and confident to engage publicly on relevant issues. I remind us of the technical role and the educational role that, it's, uh, that, that we should assume. And, and we've been doing that just to be a lot more deliberate about that. Our success in doing this will be evidenced by a shift in the public perception of actuaries from a perception that looks at us as very focused and somewhat mystical insurance technicians or mathematicians to innovative, versatile, and futuristic thought leaders. This is my vision of the Actuarial Society of South Africa, which I think we can get to that over the next five years. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vision that I am positive we should all have for this organization. Let us therefore join hands 
and work together towards this vision. Before I close, I want to read from an ancient text that still has meaning for many people around the globe. From the book of Isaiah 43:19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We are fully aware that what the situation that we face in South Africa, one could easily say it's like the wilderness and it's like a desert. But against all hope, a lot can still be achieved and we as the actual society can be part of the solution. I thank you. Many thanks, Lusani. I think that was really a compelling vision that you've articulated, and we are all looking forward to your term as president and the activities of the council and society in achieving those objectives. Um, next up, we will have a refreshments break, which will be served in the exhibition hall, and um, I think the prize and award winners have already taken their pictures, so we've taken care of that. And the next concurrent session will be a choice among six sessions, which will start at 12.15 p.m. Thank you. <laughs>